flat is a state of mind. Get to know the people, science, and stories that make the Kansas outdoors more than flyover country. This is Flatlander Podcast, presented by the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks and the Kansas Wildlife Federation. What I see on my dirt is undescribable as the Bible. Welcome back, Flatlanders. We have two exciting guests for you today. These are people who are making significant impacts uh, in terms of getting youth involved in the outdoors. So we're so excited to jump into this. But first, let me introduce who you'll be hearing from today. I am your host, Nadia. And I'm Laura. Our two special guests today are Patricia and Phil. Patricia, introduce yourself and tell folks where you're coming from. Well, good afternoon. Uh, my name is Patricia Sines Reyes, and I'm here in the city of Emporia, Kansas. Welcome, Phil. I'm Phil Taunton. I do outdoors radio for KVOE. Uh, we're here at a real nice building Wildlife and Parks has now on West uh, 6th. Looking forward to the interview. Yeah, this is our second episode um, that has been recorded in this building. The building that Phil's referring to is is a shop that actually was owned by Dynamic Discs, and Wildlife and Parks was lucky enough to acquire it this year after uh, Dynamic Discs moved into a new building. So it's pretty neat. We've got a, a storage bay here with all kinds of fisheries equipment and technology, and there's a lab downstairs. So, yeah, definitely a cool place. Very fancy, and it's all painted blue. Yeah, which is very fitting, very fitting for the topic today, talking about fish. So, yeah, we are <laughs> going to get into talking about fish and specifically a wonderful program, Vamos a Pescar. I think what we're going to do, though, is start with um, getting some background on our guests. So, Patricia, yeah. we'd like to start with you. Can you kind of give us an idea of your personal journey as an outdoors woman? Absolutely. Um, I always like to start by saying where I come from, because, you know, Kansas is very well known for fishing and and fishing as a sport. Where I was born and raised was south of the border, El Paso, Texas. So if you are familiar with that area, it's very airy and dry, very deserty. So we don't have as many lakes or outdoors opportunities as we do here in Kansas. So uh, with that said, I've been in Can- in Emporia, Kansas for 14 years. And I can honestly tell you that now I consider myself a Kansan, a very proud Kansan. And um, being part of and learning uh, about the outdoors has been quite an experience and quite a journey that I am truly um, enjoying and looking to learn and experience more about. Awesome. Phil, tell us a little bit about your background. I grew up in Junction City, Kansas, uh, before Milford Lake was put there and living only two blocks from the Republican River. It was pretty easy for me to journey journey downstream and then, of course, a mile from the Smoky Hill. And then, of course, uh, when Milford came in, I just graduated from high school. I was uh, first team All-State, offense and defense and football and honorable mention All-American. I never really thought too much about the outdoors and how much I loved it till I lost my father in 1995. And uh, all of us go through closure in a different ways. But I threw myself into doing what my dad did to the neighborhood kids and for the neighborhood kids, taking them fishing, taking them hunting, uh, playing tricks uh, about, uh, oh, maybe geese flying over and having some eggshells out in the yard or something <laughs> like that. <laughs> of course, uh, he, was, he was quite a prankster. So this has led me uh, on a journey now for 27 years, just getting what I say, youth and families outside for a better insight. 
Yeah, that's awesome. I'm I'm so glad you brought that up because it brings up the point of mentorship and and you know, lucky for you, you know, you had someone who could serve as a mentor and there's so many youth today who don't have that opportunity and that's where you guys are filling the gap. So this is going to be really exciting to to do a deep dive into this. Yeah, so let's get right into it. So Patricia, would you be willing to give us a history and background of Vamos a Pescar? It all started with, you know, Nadia, I love that you used the word mentor and mentorship because that's how I see Mr. Phil Totten as my mentor. Um, he reached out to our school district, uh, Dr. George Abel, who was our migrant education director at that time and oversaw the teaching and learning department. And he had this wonderful idea about bringing a program to our community with a target and mission of promoting this with the Hispanic community. And of course, Dr. Abel, knowing that I am the coordinator for the migrant education program, and I work with a large diversity group um, within our school district, asked Mr. Phil Totten to talk to me. And so when we were talking, I was like, sign me up. When do we start? What do we do? Just lead the way. And so we did. And this was back in 2016. So we were just talking about it earlier. Um, This last year, 2022, marked our sixth anniversary of doing the Vamos a Pescar program here in Emporia. And we're already in the planning stages of what our program is going to look in 2023. So in 2016, when it all started getting going, had you fished yet much? Having come from Texas, dry Texas? Well, you know, talking about migrant education, I actually was a migrant kid and lived the migrant uh, mobility style when I was the age of one and four. And so my mother's family um, has lived in Emporia, Kansas since the early 60s. And so my parents would migrate here to Emporia for work. And my dad loved to fish. And I think that's one of the things that were embedded in my memory. And that's why it made it so exciting to start this program, because I do remember going with my dad to the Cottonwood River and fish. And um, so, yes, I had that experience, but I didn't have it for many years between that, you know, until we started Vamos a Pescar. And I'm not going to go into the age gap piece of it, because then I would be really dating myself. Well, I've realized that our excitement has let us get ahead of ourselves. We haven't even told listeners what Vamos a Pescar translates to. That is, let's go fishing. Yes. Every day, all day. Exactly. (laughs) You can never grow bored of let's go fishing. So let's tell listeners, um, obviously we've got this really cool initiative. Um, How did it come to be in Emporia? Well, I started teaching Hunter's Ed in 1996, and of course, uh, having bird dogs and loving the dogs and taking uh, my bird dogs into Hunter ed- ed- Education classes, uh, a lot of people that never had seen dogs, they marveled at it. I see there's something in this, and uh, one time I had a father tell his son when, when uh, one of my father's dogs, Sue, locked down on point, said, son, did you see that? Everybody should go through and at least see something like that once, and that way maybe we can understand hunting. And if you, if you want to get into hunting, we'll get you a dog, and we will have that. <laughs> well, it was an easy transition for me to go from from really coordinating the hunters' ed classes to the fishing program. When uh, Fishing's Future and Wildlife and Parks made a partnership, I believe it was in 2013. I saw what they were doing, and, and of course, with hunting, with lack of access and, and really how expensive it was getting, some of our kids and families were being left behind. 
And so it was natural for me to grasp hold of fishing. And I ran into the uh, state coordinator. Uh, Brian Sowers was first with, with Wildlife and Parks, and he is now. He's a fishing biologist. Uh, well, he's the head of the fisheries yeah, department now. Yeah, he just now. got promoted to director, a so things guy. are going well, yeah. And working with, with uh, Kevin Reese, Rich from uh, Salina. It was just great with these guys and, and feeling their passion to get kids out fishing. And uh, Dave Foster was a um, athletic director, football coach at Dodd City. And, of course, uh, being Hunter's Ed trained and, and knowing how to work with people, I was asked to go out to Dodd City and certify, I think it was 12 instructors one day and wow david through the school district um, dave foster he saw a need for all the kids in the school that not everybody can get that friday night fame and acclaim and that fishing would be something that some kids could grasp and like with ernesto and i, I like that guy a lot uh, <laughs> i turned him on to doing radio and he said you know i was just sitting in school one day not really knowing what i was doing but a light bulb come on, and uh, from Ness City, no water. He thought maybe if I become a fisheries biologist, I can fish, and so that's uh, one thing that I'm really trying to do is keep kids in school, keep them interested until that light bulb comes on, and so uh, working with Dave out there and Kevin, we did the very first Vamosapascar program that I was affiliated with out at Dodd City, and through a grant with Wildlife and Parks, they were able to build a nice pond without softball throw of the school and it's a community process uh, process of working together that got that going and so then i thought well if they can do it at the dodge city we can do it in emporia and so working with patricia and and some of the people that i've met through that we started our very first one and I've been very blessed uh, in the programs I do, not only with the sponsors that we have, but volunteers to step up, to, to fill the need to, to work with kids. And, you know, now they're called mentors and working with them. And uh, the program has just been good. Uh, I Clint Boyer was one of my sponsors several years ago. And, of course, we have a fund in the uh, Poirier Community Foundation. Clint has quite a bit more money in it than my Watson Outdoors Fund. But uh, Watson Outdoors funded the first four programs that we had to where we was able to give 12 families two fishing poles and a tackle box that's awesome and that's just something we say get them outside uh, let them catch smiles and memories to last a lifetime and uh, we did one through COVID too it was quite something the meeting at uh, peter pan park with patricia and sally sanchez who is a local leader with uh, h-o-t-t and i call these ladies my hot ladies because they <laughs> are really 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 do it and and that and just uh looking outside the box getting things done has been really rewarding yeah, for for those who aren't aware, HOTT, we got to tell them what that means. It's Hispanics of Today and Tomorrow, right? It is Hispanics of Today and Tomorrow. And I got to say, I'm very proud that I'm also a member of, of HOT. And, uh, you know, like Phil said, we are his hotties, but we also <laughs> keep Emporia hot. Yeah. <laughs> Especially with the fishing action, man. Exactly. There's a lot going on here. For sure. And like the program that happened during COVID, did you guys see just record numbers of people come out? 
Well, we had to we had to put our mask on to do that, and we never had a public event. But I can uh, I can relate to my experience of at the Council Grove Marina when COVID hit. If there was a silver lining to COVID, it was more families, uh, parents that uh, kids maybe being in team sports knew they had to do something together. And the number of middle aged people come to me there at the marina said, "Phil, I need to learn how to fish." And how do I get started? And that's where we made use of a lot of the resources wildlife and parks had, especially the pocket angler. That was good. And I said, well, just follow this and come in and ask questions. And so I know we hooked some for a lifetime, which is that. And we do have COVID to uh, to help us with that because it made record numbers get outside as a family unit. And we feel fishing is that glue that will bond these families together and last for a long time. It was, it's great that you asked how we coordinated or what we did during the COVID because COVID taught us so much, you know, um, we were, we were trying to instill the pride of coming into the outdoors to everyone involved, but COVID really taught us that it was the outdoors that we could go out and explore during a time where there was nothing else to do because I mean, everything was closed. We were shut down completely. Right. And so what we did during that time since we couldn't have the actual event that you know our families had become so accustomed to experiencing um between sally sanchez and i we actually went and knocked door to to several doors and we uh gave these families their their uh, fishing rod and their tackle box and taught them some of the you know gave them some of the instruction and regulations for them to be able to go to our local parks and and lakes and experience the outdoors that way a quick story that if we can use it, uh, I need to relate. Uh, during this COVID incident, we decided to uh, have our meeting out at Peter Pan Park, which is a CFAP park here. And we have now done pro- some programs out there. That's, uh, if you're not familiar with CFAP, Community Fisheries Assistance Program. And here we're out on the street. And, of course, Patricia and Sally were in masks. And I, I was work, doing some work for the uh, Flint Hills Live Channel, and we had a videographer there with us. And we were talking, and I looked, and there was a policeman <laughs> behind <laughs> us. And I said, you ladies might want to take that mask off because there's a policeman there. <laughs> and so they did. So, And they weren't they wouldn't aware that we were going to do a film, make a film for the Flint Hills Live Channel on that. So Patricia had to put on her makeup after she took that <laughs> mask off. I you were going to throw that in there, Phil. <laughs> you know, a girl's got to have her lipstick on, no matter whether you're wearing a mask or not. It's just, it's, yeah. it makes you feel better. Yeah. And no matter how good or bad you are at fishing, you got to look good while you're doing it. Exactly. <laughs> you know, the, the, these ladies, uh, through through the six, seven years that I've known them, it's, it's like a family. And we look at our, our program as being a family. Uh, the first program we had, 12 families, had 96 people. Wow. Which was great. And we had a morning uh, full of activities teaching how to fish. And the very first one, uh, it was sort of funny. I did rules and regulations. And, of course, I, I can't speak Spanish, and we never knew what we was getting into. And I tried to do the best I could. And so next year, Patricia said, well, Phil... We're going to need to have an interpreter because some of the people that came, they never knew how to speak English. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't understand. I would do the best job I could, and then Patricia would translate, and we'd get a lot of laughter. I was wondering, <laughs> they didn't laugh when I was saying so. <laughs> One of the things that we try to do when we're interpreting is that we try and mimic the voice of that person that's speaking. And so if you guys are smiling, laughing, crying, 
being very expressive. So translation is important when you translate and, and you really capture, you know, the attention of those people listening to you and paying attention to you. It really makes a difference how you're doing that presentation and how it's coming forth. Um, with that. So yeah, I was like the comedian for Phil. He didn't realize that he was being a comedian until he heard people laughing. And he's like, Oh, my, I didn't think I was that funny, right? Well, you were. Yeah, until they heard the female Phil. That's right. hilarious. So let's tell listeners, you know, obviously, Vamos de Pascar is something that could be implemented anywhere. But if someone were to attend a Vamos de Pascar event here in Emporia, what would they expect? Well, this is where my training as a fishing instructor comes through, that we teach them all about fishing, all we can. And it was laid down through a program while working with Brian and now David Breath and, of course, with Fishing's Future out of uh, Texas, that we have a a schedule, a curriculum that we teach knot tying, we teach uh, lures, we teach the different types of equipment. And uh, this is one thing when COVID hit, some people that come to the marina, they were trying to put an open face spinning rod on a bait casting. I mean, an open face spinning reel on a bait casting rod. Well, it just doesn't fit. It doesn't work. And there's different ways you can describe that. Of course, uh, uh, having instructors like Kim Burnett with uh, Crappie Stopper Jigs come down and being one of our team, uh, Chris Biggs out of Junction City, and, and these are all master instructors that come down and, and present it. So we're not just a team here from Emporia instructors, and uh, we, we have people from all over come down, but we teach uh, knot tying, we teach fish ID, and mainly what's really important uh, in the world of cultural diversity Letting, letting our Hispanic community know that things are different here in Kansas than what you would do at, in, in old Mexico. This is one thing Patricia and I laugh about. Well, Phil, you can't do that here. And, <laughs> you know, and said, so, no, it's different. And, of course, catch and release. And, but mainly it's just uh, I've developed another family here with, with the ladies that I work with. Well, it's, I'm glad that you brought up, you know, the rules and regulations, because really it's different even from state to state, sometimes even within the counties or cities, if it's a, a city or county-owned uh, body of water. So, yeah, it's. Uh, I feel like we all have education to do no matter where we're engaging in outdoor recreation. Right. I would like to add that, you know, for myself working in education and working with USD 253, uh, my program has a focus on working with uh, students 0 to 5, K through 12, and of course, adult education. So, you know, this is so important to me. It's not just about instilling the, the, the pride and, uh, and wanting to be in the outdoors, but it's also what comes with it. You know, for example, you just mentioned rules and, um, and regulations. I am Hispanic, Mexican-American, born in the States, grew up in Mexico and lived in Mexico for... 21 years. And um, so my experiences with fishing and regulations and all that were very different to what we have here. And like you mentioned, you know, it varies from state to state, but also not only as a Hispanic, but also as a female, Mm -hmm. as a minority Um, with the, with the students that I work with and the families, we have diversity at all different levels. I mean, we're talking about people in socioeconomic differences, um, different cultures, even within the Hispanic culture, we're so different here in Emporia. You know, where I come from, um, El Paso, Juarez, uh, Mexico, I was accustomed to people being from Mexico, Mexican, right, or Mexican-American. And then I come to Emporia, and I learn about, you know, people who are from 
south of Mexico, which is very different from the north part of Mexico, and then from Central America, not just El Salvador, but Guatemala, Nicaragua, Paraguay, Nicaragua, and then also South America. Just recently, we're having a large population of people from Venezuela, Ecuador, Peru coming in. We have Cuba, Puerto Ricans. Even within the Hispanic community, you know, our cultures, our language, our food, our music can be so different. Absolutely. And, you know, on top of that, you know, I'm a female. And I don't see that many of our females um, going into the fields of research and science and biology. And I want to instill all that in our kids, you know, in our families to be exposed to all that so that we can see more of those kids going into those fields. And so that's where it becomes even more passionate for me. One of the things that I like about fishing and teaching fishing, of course, uh, growing up in Junction City, a military town, sometimes families would be uh, uh, brought into Fort Riley. And, and uh, of course, they'd get friendships with kids in, in school, especially with sports. And then out of nowhere, they were jerked out of their new home to another place. And I could see, uh, talking to some of these kids when I was in high school, just how depressing it was. They never really had a place that they could call home. Mm -hmm. But uh, some of them, when you took them fishing, and even though they would not be with me again in Junction, they could take that activity to wherever they went. Uh, One of the big things that I like about uh, the program we do is letting our Hispanic friends know where they can find information. Mm -hmm. You know, a lot of people did not know about the research building right here north of the college. But Tricia has, on her own, taken some people down there and got them a license. So we talk about R3, and some of them, you really need a license? What's that all about? That's how how some of the people are so naive. They don't know the the laws of of Kansas and what we can do. It's been very rewarding uh, all the way to the last day when we have a picnic and i introduced the ladies to the way i and the families to the way i cook fish and of course patricia introduced me to fish tacos i didn't think i would like a fish taco no 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 way but uh these ladies and and not only learning how to to fish we learn them how we teach them how to prepare the fish and to do it right in the right way so it is pleasing to taste and everything so it's been just very very rewarding I love, feel that you um, touch base on diversity and inclusion and making feel um, people feel like they're part of something because I think that's also our mission with what we do with the school district. You know, I also help oversee our enrollment office. And so all families that have preschoolers in K through 12th grade, they come through my office and, and enroll. And so I have an opportunity to meet all them. And one of the goals in our missions is that we want them to feel welcome in our community. We want them to have a sense of ownership because some of these families have been very mobile. And And so when kids experience mobility in such a way, um, they start losing that sense of ownership of their community and they start feeling like at a loss. So having these experiences for them is is huge because it really gives them that sense of ownership. To build the community, you know, and like I always said, it it takes a village to develop a child. And this is one thing here in in Emporia from the very first uh, one that we had for, for 12 families only it was just Watson Outdoors and Hot and, and Patricia's program. Now we have a lot more people joining us, uh, a lot more old community-wise, you know, like Flint Hills Tech College coming on and getting in there. And 
we're, we're really making some strides is in mental health. The, the people that are looking at uh, what, what does fishing hold out there? Why is this such a success? Well, it's given some people hope, giving them some things to do, and getting them away from that cell phone or you know, mm-hmm. that electronic gadgetry. But uh, we all know that it's needed these days, but it is a good relief to see a sunrise, a sunset out there. What better way to reconnect with oneself than being out, outdoors and, yeah, it, in it's amazing in nature. Patricia, I'm so glad you had brought up, um, you know, a lot of these families being very mobile. That's one of the beautiful things about fishing. It's an activity that not only you can, you know, enjoy it lifelong, but you can take it with you wherever you go. So uh, it's really neat that that's a, a obviously a major component of this initiative. Exactly. Um, it's part of education. And when you learn something, that's something that no one, no matter what, can take away from you. That's right. Weekend. Um, so it sounds like from all we've, we've talked about so far, people are noticing your program, Vamos a Pascar. So could you talk more about some of the partnerships and other opportunities it's led to? So one of the things that we have really appreciated over the last three years and after COVID is how our program has really gotten received notoriety and not just within like the Kansas Wildlife and Parks um, organization, um, but also other um Entities, not just in Emporia, but also outside of Emporia. So I will start by mentioning Cabela's out in Wichita, Kansas, and how they saw what we were doing here locally. And they're like, oh, we want to do this in, in Wichita. We want to um, bring it out in the open and, and invite our families as well and let them experience this amazing um, experience. And so they did. And Phil and I were out there helping them out. And they launched their first uh, Vamos a Pescar in 2020, October of 2020, if I recall correctly, Phil. That was last year, 21. 2021. And they did it again this year. So that that was wonderful. And then also, you know, the Kansas Health Foundation. Um, I had the opportunity to work with them on on, uh, in other areas, of course, Census 2020 had just passed, and we had done a lot of work together with that. And when I mentioned what we were doing with Vamos a Pescar, they wanted to learn so much more about it because they wanted to see how this initiative could be, you know, um, applied Kansas-wide. And so that was very neat. They were here to our, in our event in 2021, our last event in September, and they got to experience full-blown what, what we were doing, and uh, they had such an amazing time. And, you know, this year in the summer, um, I was approached by the Emporia Chamber of Commerce, and they were asking, you know, we really want to shoot a video with um, Kansas um, Sunflower, and they want to um, do a video um showcasing what's available outdoors in Emporia and other areas. So we want to focus on Vamos a Pescar. And so we did that, and it was a great experience. We got to invite three of our families that have experienced Vamos a Pescar, and they got to tell their story on what they have learned and how fun it had been. And so this was showcased at a national level in the Miami in the Florida, Miami area uh, convention. So that was kind of neat. You know, we got a little uh, 60 seconds of fame, if you want to say it that way. Yeah, on the map. (laughs) That's right. So that was very exciting. And just continuing our conversations with the Visitors Bureau here in Emporia, um, 
Leland Danes is now trying to see how he can revamp Vamos a Pescar with Vamos a Explorar, which is let's go exploring or let's explore more of the outdoors. So it's amazing what one program can do to open other doors um, for our families to experience the outdoors. Yeah, listeners, you can't see our faces right now, but uh, as soon as Patricia said that, Laura and I, are, our eyebrows got raised. <laughs> yeah. We're like, we are intrigued. It's so neat to hear you all, how you've expanded across the state and in the country. If folks wanted to learn more about Vamos a Pescar, do you have a website or social media? What's the best way to learn more about your programs? Well... Specifically with Vamos a Pescar, we haven't really done an actual social media piece. Um, Both Phil and I and um, Hispanics of Today and Tomorrow, we all have social media Facebook pages. And we showcase everything that we do through there. And, of course, when we do the Vamos a Pescar, it's like we bomb guard those those pieces. (laughs) So you can only imagine. And then, of course, from there, families and other organizations just start sharing. And so I think that's how it's gotten so popular because we're really out in in the public eye. Here in Emporia, what's been so rewarding to me is we've been asked to go teach fishing to some classes up at the college. And when you're dealing with with future teachers that might be interested in taking a fishing program to their school or or kids that are majoring in physical education or recreation, to how can they better a program? It's it's been real rewarding. And Patricia's an instructor there. This past year, we had Roger Wales there. Uh, One of the things that are really catching on in a lot of schools is the clay clay shooting leagues, sporting clays. And with that, uh, anytime we can talk about firearms, safety and responsibility in a program in a school um, i'm all there there's more and more schools asking me to do programs and, and nadia we were just out at horse thief reservoir and i was talking to them out there and letting them know about the program it's just an ideal place set up where they could do a vamos Pascar, especially with uh, the diversity of their culture out there and the number of people that use horse thief it's uh, something in the works yeah. just letting you know absolutely so for those who are unfamiliar with horse thief it's near jetmore kansas near the western side of the state and it really really is this kind of jewel out there, this body of water with some neat bluffs, neat history. And so, yeah, I agree. Ideal place to hold a Vamos a Pescar event. So obviously you guys have a formula that's working really, really well. Um, you know, especially given the fact that you guys don't have, you know, traditional or formal, you know, marketing or advertising, it sounds like, you know, this is largely word of mouth that you guys using your own personal social media accounts and events are just filling up. So, um, I'm curious and I'm sure our listeners are curious too what do you guys have planned for the future like where is this leading well I would like to add that aside from the social media platforms which in today's day and age that's huge I mean I can place an ad in the Emporia Gazette and I'll tell you that a very small group of people are going to see that ad Mm -hmm. but when you post on social media it's it, it just explodes because we did mention you know people share here and there but I think that one of the beauties about Uh, doing events like this is the partnerships that we have been able to create. You know, we have mentioned earlier on the partnerships within within our team, which in this case, it's Phil Totten with What's in Outdoors and Fishing's Future, and then myself as a with USD 253 and Migrant Education, and then Sally Sanchez with Hispanics of Today and Tomorrow. But then since then, you know, Kansas Wildlife and Parks has taken us under their, you know, their wing. And then also... um, Who am I forgetting, Phil? RBFF, the Recreation Boating and Fishing Foundation. They've been very good. And this is where we're able to 
pass links, pass information out to the people that if you want this program, and I mentioned Becky Johnson with BOW, uh, that B.O.W. becoming an outdoors woman, and this was many years ago. The first time I talked to her about a program, she said, well, Phil, do you have funding? I didn't know what she was talking about. It takes money to do these things, really. <laughs> you just don't have people. So so getting funding is is one of the things, and this is where uh, where you can get volunteers and this is where the fish kansas instructors come in very good they're certified i'm so excited about the program that we have now uh, with uh, fish kansas is that we can get kids into the program between 12 and 17 that they want to become instructors and some of these kids are very knowledgeable and I'll soon be 75. These kids, I'll admit, they're, they're my legs and my lungs with an, <laughs> the amount of equipment that you need to bring out. But you, you talk about passing it on. If you can get a young person, and who is our, our young man that we are working with here? Louise. Uh, Louise. Our little Louise. Yeah, uh, he's our youngest instructor right now, and he's 13. That is awesome. Aww. It's just great getting these young people out. And sometimes kids work better with kids yeah. when, when mm-hmm. they're given the instruction. But it's just the smiles I see working with these people and, and uh, sharing the experiences that uh, is just so gratifying. You know, I also would like to mention and include um, ESU's PAROC. We call it PAROC, but it's Profic Aquatic Research and Outreach Center. And working with Daph- Dr. Um, Daphne Mays out there, she has also, you know, become a team member because she was inspired with what we were doing and then, of course, what she's doing in the area of research out there. And then, of course, our very own Ernesto Flores, who's with Kansas Wildlife and Parks, and he says, I don't know that I want to leave this team, especially after I tried the fish tacos, right? But- <laughs> He's there. And then also additional partnerships, you know, that have really taken us on aside from ESU and not just the PAROC, but also their marketing and admissions departments that have really believed in what we're doing. And they see that there's a lot to gain from from being a part of this this team and this, you know, what we're doing at the Flint Hills Technical College. You know, for being such a small town, we are so fortunate to have these entities here and these opportunities, additional opportunities for our families and our students. So... I mean, I can mention on and on the numerous volunteers, but one that really comes to mind is one of our very own uh, fishing instructors, Kim Burnett, that last year he suffered a huge loss because of COVID. He lost his, his son, right, Phil? And, yes, Coach um, Cheese and, and in Olathe. Last year, you know, we had applied for the grant with uh, the George W. Bush, and we were... Um, asked to have three programs in our last program we always like to have it close to what is the celebration of uh, fishing and hunting which is in september national um, fishing and hunting day mm-hmm. right yep. and um his son had just passed and you know he, he and his wife were still here vested in what we were doing with almost up and you know that story sounds sad but when you think about it it is so inspirational because for me it was an aha moment it was like for him it was a way to to stay grounded for him and, and his wife um being a, you know with the families and being with the kids and doing what they love to do and knowing that their son would have totally appreciated that absolutely mm-hmm. Very neat. Yeah, Coach Cheese, uh, he was a coach, football coach there in Olathe, and when the kids did good, he would give them a cheeseburger, whether they did good in the classroom or did good <laughs> in the on the football field. But Kim is, is quite an instructor, and, of course, his wife shares that passion with him, and uh, they come down and help us. But 
There's just so many good things, and we're not resting on our laurels. We're looking for other ways we can make this exciting to, to get out of the mole. And two years ago, uh, we had Mr. Loveless down out in Kings Lake, which is now a CFAP lake, but we introduced our Hispanic community to kayaking. And now uh, they they really loved it. And so we were talking with Daphne, and we might have a full-blown kayaking program out at Kings Lake there. So these are just some things that through getting together and sharing ideas and and having good volunteers, and, of course, with wildlife and parks, uh, with with the equipment that we can borrow or or use uh, going through the channels, it's just uh, it can be done. You just need to get get it in your heart that you want to get people out to enjoy the great outdoors. I'll say, I'll tell you this, once you have Secretary Loveless on board, I mean, that's huge. <laughs> really, that is huge. Um, he was part of our, our event two years ago, and then he mentioned our, our local uh, ventures in his, I, I want to say May, June magazine. He made a small mention when he was talking about our three programs, and, and then he was here again this year. He made a present. So that's huge for us. I mean, that means the world. Yeah, you guys are doing something right. (laughs) Absolutely. So it sounds like there is a lot on your plates, a lot to be excited about. I want to know when it comes to the outdoors, what what stresses you out? What keeps you up at night? Patricia? I'll be very honest with you, Lori. I don't know that anything keeps me up at night. When I go to bed, I go to bed. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I am just kidding. I'm just kidding. But, um, you know, I can't imagine losing sleep when you think about experience, the experiences that you can experience being on the outdoors because we, we have talked about the social emotional. We have talked about the fun that you can have being outdoors. So that shouldn't take your sleep away unless you're going to be close to bears or close to the wildlife. <laughs> and then, then I'd be worried. And that would probably be something that I would lose sleep about. But I think that what worries us the most is that we make our programs so good every year that we have to start planning right away. How are we going to perfect it and make it better next year? So that's where I lose sleep. It's like, what are we going to bring that's new? How are we going to revamp this so we can continue making it so exciting because it's so much fun. Phil, how about you? What, what I wonder about uh, is we live in such a busy world. There's so much going on uh, in families, uh, so much going on in jobs that one family really doesn't feel what another family's doing and so just what how is this going to bear uh with what i want to talk about our outdoor heritage and traditions where where is the time that these families can get outdoors and recreate like we used to well you just got to make it you got to make it if you can but now it's it's way different than than when i were growing up when when some mothers now can stay at home and be housewives now you have uh, families, mom and dad are both working hard so just to make ends meet. So that's what I wonder about, just how, what can we do? And, and, you know, you can do a lot of programs, uh, hopefully that someone can catch on to one of them. But uh, then I also wonder about the volunteers. Uh, we're all good-hearted. Or we all want to, to do things. We could commit to a program, but then something comes up. How can you keep it going uh, when you lose volunteers? Some of that is replaced by, uh, oh, Zoom meetings and things like that, electronics. But uh, that was, those are some things that I wonder about. But uh, we've been through a lot in the outdoors. Uh, we've always found a way to, to get things going. And uh, it's going to be nice when more people will catch the tail of Amasepa's car. Well, it sounds like it's already starting. 
Um, you know, something we like to do on this podcast is we like to pose a challenge to our listeners, something that we want to encourage them to consider in the future. So uh, I'm curious to hear if you could challenge our listeners to anything, what would that be? Let's get out of our comfort zone. Let's get uncomfortable. Let's let's reach out to our community. Let's reach out to this youth. Let's reach out to minority groups. Let's reach out to different cultures, a different population. Um, that would be my challenge. Phil? I don't know if I can top right? that. Uh, no. My challenge it might be if you do have the time, if you can work it into your schedule, uh, look into maybe becoming a hunter education instructor. Look into maybe becoming a certified Fish Kansas instructor. These are uh, all things run by wildlife and parks. Uh, this is where... Uh, all across the state, we reach out and try to get some people involved. Once you get involved, once you sit around the campfire, once you get out on the stream, you can see what what lights my fire, what keeps me going. No pun intended, right? Right. (laughs) (laughs) Well, Patricia, Phil, thank you guys so much for being here today for the great work that you're doing. Um, You know, it's one thing to get a program up and running, but it's a whole other ball of wax to um, have it continue for several years really and then to have more and more partners join over time so i'm sure there's people who have been listening today who are got their wheels spinning about how they can get this implemented in their community or uh, partner with you guys so i would expect people to be reaching out I want to thank our listeners for joining in for another episode of Flatlander. As always, if you have ideas for future topics or people that you want to hear from, be sure to reach out. And as always, remember, flat is is a state state of mind. mind. Flatlander podcast is made possible through a partnership between the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks and the Kansas Wildlife Federation. Sound and production by Megan Mayhew. Music by Kansas locals, The Box Turtles. Become a member of KWF for free by visiting kansaswildlifefederation.org. And be sure to follow KWF on Facebook at Kansas Wildlife Federation and on Instagram at KS Wildlife Fed. Stay up to date on all things KDWP by following the department on Facebook at Kansas Wildlife and Parks and on Instagram at the KDWP. Remember, the Kansas Department of Wildlife and Parks is supported by flatlanders like you through the sale of licenses and permits. Consider buying a hunting or fishing license today to conserve and protect the wild spaces and faces that make Kansas more than flyover country. Country.